0: Drive Time on RTE Radio 1. Sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more.
1: Orla, thank you very much for that. Now, Garda Commissioner Drew Harris has said it was a significant development that Ireland is now seen as a transit point into Europe and the rest of the world for drugs. Speaking at a meeting of the Policing Authority this afternoon, the Commissioner also warned about the increased potency of drugs that are now being used and that cannabis has eclipsed alcohol in presentations at accident and emergency departments.
2: Uh, Well, at the cross-border organised crime conference on Tuesday, we had very in-depth presentation just about the range of drugs which are coming into the country but what is clear is uh, the variety of presentation in terms of uh, drugs like cannabis uh, are presented and then the variation in the strength of those drugs and it was reported that cannabis has now eclipsed alcohol in terms of presentation in our accident emergency uh, centers and also then the range of drugs as well uh, and the variation of strength so beyond uh, cannabis and even things like cocaine but also then particularly these uh, artificial opioids that are produced these synthetic opioids and the range of strength there is in those Uh, and I think one of the great problems there with those is that a dose which has an impact on your behaviour and gives you a high is very, very close also then to a fatal dose.
1: So earlier this week the Commissioner also said that because Ireland is a wealthy country, it is seen as a target for international drugs gangs, particularly in the cocaine market. Well here to discuss all of this we're joined now by Alan Farrell for TD and Spokesperson on Justice and by Michael O'Sullivan, former Assistant Commissioner and former Head of the EU's Agency for Combating Maritime Drug Trafficking and you're both welcome to the programme this evening. Alan Farrell, I'll come to yourself first and we heard there the Commissioner warning about the strength of the drugs now being used and also that cannabis has taken over from Alcohol for a and d presentations uh, what 's your response to that?
0: Very alarming uh, to hear that uh, unfortunately not at all surprising um, the Irish economy uh, unfortunately demands uh, a large amount of drugs and that is uh, both regrettable um, and something that has been building um, as our as disposable incomes increase. I regret to say it is something that government are very clear on and have made um, You know, at the establishment of the uh, Citizens' Assembly on drug use, uh, one of its... priorities which is reported in recent months and we now have established an all-party Oireachtas committee just yesterday uh, alongside the uh, Chief Whip um, Hildegard Dockton who's also the Minister with Responsibility for Drug Policy. So that committee will take into consideration a great deal of information both from the Citizens Assembly and also from prior Justice Committee reports Mm. uh, on drug use on what approach we should take.
1: Well, is any of that going to help in, in terms of what the Commissioner is saying, which is that Ireland, because of the wealth in this country, we're now a target for international drug gangs?
0: Yeah, it requires a multi-agency response. And I'm sure your listeners were probably aware of the very significant 300 million euro drug um, uh, bust uh, conducted by Garda Síochána revenue and the defence forces in recent weeks it's really important that they continue um, you know that approach uh, that is intelligence led and that we resource those uh, bodies to ensure that they can um, apprehend um, uh, drug smugglers and drug dealers It is obviously very important, though, for us to consider the very important points that the Citizens' Assembly has put Mm. to us, Um, and it requires political leadership to bring about the changes that they've recommended.
1: Yeah, I I wonder though, uh, separate from the Citizens' Assembly and on the point of resourcing, I don't know, did you see the article in the Irish Examiner a little earlier this week, or actually it was last week, it was on the 21st of February, um, and they got their hands on figures showing that the country's local drug units have on average 14% less staff now than they did in 2010?
0: Well, uh, yeah, what I can say to that, Sarah, is that we have been recruiting on Garda Shukana significantly over the last number of years. The uh, percentage increase in the Garda force has gone up by 9% nationally since 2015, which is shortly after we reopened Templemore. We're continuing to put very significant sums of money into the justice Mm -hmm. sector, the largest ever, 2.3 billion euro, uh, which is up 20% in 4 years so we we are putting our um our, our our colours to the mast, if you will, in relation to our ambition to increase the yeah, resources. Yeah, but I mean, the reality is, though, so, since Fine has Shikana. been in
1: government, I mean, there's 500,000 more people now in the country than there was when, when you first came to power in, well, it was 2011, but we'll say 2010, just for the for the, for the the sake of the, the figures that I have here in front of me. There's half a million people more now in, in the country since 2010, and uh, we have less Guardian in, in our drugs units.
0: But for more than half of that period, Sarah, and I don't want to go back that far, obviously we were dealing with an economic crisis, an unemployment crisis, among other things. So now uh, we can talk about the significant increase in Garda resources, but as regards uh, individual drug units, what I can say is it's, it's a matter for the Garda Commissioner, who's entirely responsible for resource allocation, including personnel. Mm-hmm. But from our perspective, government have invested uh, very large sums of money in recruitment and, of course, in retention. Okay. And, well, let me bring I've in Michael O'Sullivan.
1: O'Sullivan um, and and for, as a former assistant commissioner, Michael O'Sullivan, and also former head of the EU agency, what, what what do you think of where we're at now with, with I mean, just this this flood of drugs coming onto our shores, as the commissioner is saying, we're now a target for international gangs. And despite the best efforts of the Sheikana, there's a sense that really we don't have a handle on this.
3: Um, I think law enforcement have a, have a certain handle on it, but it's not just this war against drugs, and it's it's not just a, a, a preventative measure by the guards and by law enforcement. It's also what's also needed is health education, and what is also needed is is rehabilitation. But the guards have been very successful in the past. Certainly, more resources to the guarded the drug units, to the specialist units, and indeed to the navy, would result in far more seizures. But the big problem we have is. Um, Cocaine has has increased dramatically year on year, and the reason it has as your last speaker was saying there is is simply because we we have a we have lots of money there's lots of money mm-hmm. in the country back in the recession you, the, the punters hadn't got it, the dealers hadn't got it, and the importers couldn't get it in because nobody had the money whereas now people are using cocaine you know almost like it's a recre almost like a recreational drug it' been ignoring the fact that it's addictive, that it's a dangerous drug. Really, some of them have a view that that the drugs are really like alcohol. And I really think there's a need for health education to get people back on the straight and narrow to say, look, this is is a dangerous drug. They look at it on the TV. They think it's white and it's sexy and it's cool to use it. But at the end of the day, it's addictive. And more and more people... And and sorry, the people we're talking about here are not criminals. These are ordinary people holding down jobs who find themselves addicted. These are not heroin addicts. go on.
1: Um, I, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned the Navy there in, in terms yeah. of um, t- trying to tackle this problem and, and more resources. Do, you, do we have enough when it comes to naval vessels and maritime resources to try and tra- tackle the, the drugs coming into the country?
3: Well, I'll put it this way. In 2021, there were four operational naval vessels at sea when I was in, in the unit I was in, and we could call upon those four vessels. And realistically, the Navy are really the eyes and ears of law enforcement and marine enforcement for Europe because of our unique position out in the North Atlantic. Um, We had four then. We have one now and we are really, really um, have an inadequate service, for want of a better term. We couldn't get the same reaction that we could have got, let's say, in 2021 simply because of the numbers.
1: And what has happened there?
3: Well, you're probably better off asking the Navy, but at the end of the day, they don't have enough naval recruits, a little bit like the guards. They don't have enough naval recruits, and they have ship, They have the ships, but the ships are tied up. So they have effectively one at sea and one ready to go to sea at any one given time. But mm-hmm. as I say, back in the day, they had four.
1: Alan, Alan Farah, that's since 2021 now. No period of austerity between 2021 and now.
0: No, I accept that entirely. Um, there is, a, I read the same article that you did, Um, In relation to um, the uh, the naval service, there is, I believe, one vessel at sea at the moment and one in reserve, as has been mentioned. But it is complemented by the Air Corps, who have three operational uh, patrol aircraft CASAs and a further four uh, smaller PC-12s. Um, who have quite significant ranges and can mm. patrol and Four do patrols Four vessels in 2021,
1: one, one now, and we're told by the Garda Commissioner that we are a target for international drugs gangs. The I mean, that's not an acceptable of, situation, is no, it? No, I, I,
0: I, I, it is not an acceptable situation. No, I can entirely agree. And the retention of uh, naval personnel is a challenge and the recruitment of naval personnel is a challenge for the very same reason that drug use has increased. Uh, because within the sector, especially with the specialist skills that these personnel, these naval and, 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 and air corps personnel have, it's difficult to retain them.
2: Mm. Um, and that they want to be
0: paid more, don't they? They want better terms and, and conditions
1: again. and they've been asking for it for years.
0: Well, the terms and conditions within the Defence Forces have improved um, over many years and will continue to do so.
1: Um, Michael, I want to come back to you on the Portuguese model. A small amount of drugs for personal use is how the Portuguese model works. Um, and then it's not criminalised. If you have a small amount of drugs for personal use, it's not criminalised in the first three instances that you're caught. Um, do you think that's something that we need to look at so that our focus is not on, you know, people who are using small amount of drugs for personal use? It's, it's, on, it's on the bigger players.
3: No, it, it, just to be clear on it, I've spent four years working in Lisbon. The Portuguese model doesn't work nowhere else in Europe thinks it work, works it's a health-led approach so what does that mean? that means that you can go down the street with a 10 days drug supply and that's a, that's a big supply and if the police come across you they give you a ticket and you go talk to the health service so if they catch you the second day with the same 10 days supply they give you the se- second ticket by the third time the police give up giving you the ticket it's chaos okay. and it, it won't work here and it won't work anywhere in Europe and if you talk to the Department of Health in Lisbon, they'll say it works. But they would, wouldn't they? You talk to the police, they'll tell you it's chaos.
1: So what then does need to be done in your view? I know you're talking about an education strategy. I mean, is, is that the start and end of it, that we just need to focus on that?
3: No, I think if the drug strategy that we have is resourced, if the criminal justice system and the, and the probation service, to give you an example, somebody gets caught with drugs, if nobody gets Nobody gets locked up for possession of drugs. That's a myth. Even possession of heroin or cocaine. What happens is they go to court and a probation report is is compiled on them. And then they're recommended treatment. And they come back maybe a year later. And if it comes to pass that they've taken their treatment and they're no longer on the drugs, it then... Uh, they may get the Probation Act. So it's a combination of the probation service and the criminal justice system. Anything beyond our system works. We have it since 1977. It works very well. It just needs a little bit more resourcing.
1: And do we have room in the prisons? I mean, as far as I'm aware, the prisons in a lot of instances, they're already full.
3: I would say, I'd say, well, that's another day's work. Um, but from a, from a drug strategy perspective, that's the way to go. But if the prisons are full, the pr- prisons are full. But equally, we need more... To, uh, Treatment services for people that they can go there, get a bed, and get treatment.
1: Alan Farrell, it's an awful lot of work to do here.
0: Oh, there is indeed I mean, look it 's very clear um and i'm sure your your listeners would agree that you know drug policy uh, across most western countries uh, doesn't work it doesn 't work to the extent that we have people in prison um who shouldn't be in prison, and I'm referring to drug users as opposed to drug dealers and um, but we are absolutely committed as a government to a health led approach to the issue of of illicit drugs and and that's a position that's been endorsed by the citizens' Assembly and their findings. Which suggests that the state would uh, formalize, adopt, and resource alternative health focused options for people with a drug addiction within the criminal justice system. And it further states that we would introduce a comprehensive health led response for the possession of drugs and personal use. Uh, as for the characterization of the Portuguese drugs model, I actually visited it myself as part of a Drug uh, Justice Committee uh, delegation in 2015, and we wrote a significant report. Uh, which is on the dull record with regard to the Portuguese model, which is also replicated to a certain extent in Austria, um, and there it combines and what's the health, it, 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 it combines a health diversionary project, decriminalization and dissuasive sanctions, which the citizens' Assembly have in fact endorsed. And the position is, in Portugal, that uh, they are sent to a dissuasion committee on each strike. They have three strikes, after yeah. which it becomes well, a criminal Well, Michael says it matter. doesn't work. Well, I don't accept that. Um, I have reports and evidence to the country, and 100 people... Uh, listening to experts from across the world uh, in Malahide at the Citizens Assembly disagree as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I respect the right to have a different view but I believe that what we have done for decades doesn't work and it's time for us to reevaluate well, and make an appropriate change.
1: Yeah, I, I give you a, a final word on that, Michael. I
0: understand. Involved in drugs in the first okay, event.
1: and Michael, just a final word on that. There is a point there that what we're doing right now is not working. You know, and, and <sighs> like we, we there is a strong argument we need to change tack and try something different.
3: Sorry, just to clarify, we'll agree to disagree. I was one of those experts who addressed Citizens' Assembly. I have no doubt it won't work. Um, it's it just, I've, I've been there, I've seen it, and it doesn't work in operation. Our system will work if it's resourced.
1: Okay. Well, it's very interesting to speak to both of you. We will be coming back to this, uh, no doubt, and thank you both for joining us this evening. That's Michael O'Sullivan, former Assistant Commissioner, and Alan Farrell, Finnegal TD. <laughs>